0: Welcome back to Artist Avenue. In this episode, I'm chatting to the wonderful Jade Asha. Jade is an award winning Mauritian and English actor and filmmaker from London. She began her acting career in 2006, which has spanned over TV, film, theatre, and voiceovers. In 2009, she began creating her own work due to the lack of auditions at the beginning of her career. Jade is now CEO of London Independent Pictures and has produced award-winning films which she has both written and performed in. She also runs a successful voiceover company called Jade Asha Voiceovers. Before we dive into Jade's beautifully unique journey, I would like to remind you that due to the current circumstances, we had to record this episode remotely via Zoom. Therefore, the quality might suffer at points. Nevertheless, please keep listening. I always say for a 2020 slash 2021 podcast, it's content over technical quality. So without further ado, enjoy this wonderful episode. Hi, Jade. (laughs)
1: Hello. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Very well. Thank you. Very well. Would you like to tell us a bit about yourself and introduce yourself? Yes, so I am an actress. I've been acting for the last 15 years. Um, I'm also a filmmaker and I most recently released a book called *Entrepreneur*. So I kind of do a little bit of everything, really. Do what I can. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's brilliant. Do you want to take us back to the beginning of your once upon a time, as we call it, on Artist Avenue? (laughs) So
1: I... Grew up in. I was born in London. My mum was a. Um, she she's English and she was a model in London. She met my dad, who's Mauritian, and he was a shopkeeper. And they met and very ha- quickly had me. We grew up in London till I was maybe eleven years old. But I was a very shy kid growing up in London. Like I'm the last person you would ever 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 put down to be an actor of any kind. I remember. I think it was in middle school, like, I don't know, I must have been about six or seven, and they did a production of The Wizard of Oz, and I was like, mouse number two non-speaking. <laughs> I was like, is there <laughs> even a mouse number two in Widows of Oz? Yeah, I was that person. And I hated it, I was just scared, and I hate hated being looked at, and I did dance classes, and I remember I used to come home crying, because I do the steps wrong, and my mum's like, I'm not taking you there again, you just cry, so... <laughs> Yeah there was no inkling and then age of 11 I moved up to Norwich with my family and then I don't know I must have got some kind of new confidence but I started doing like you know afternoon classes with acting and I had no idea what good acting was. All I knew was that the people that I seemed to admire the most in the world were people that I saw on stage. I don't know they just brought me this joy and I went to another world that I enjoyed so much more. I loved obviously disney i love that whole world and that you could get immersed in a different world which seemed to be so much more exciting than mine and i always wanted to be a part of that and when i found out that that was actually a job i was like well why would i choose to do anything else <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah it carried on and then i asked if i could do saturday drama classes and i when i started gcse i remember i was given like a, a scene from blood brothers mm-hmm. and it was the first time that i'd taken you know I got the script I went home and I went learned all the lines and then I came back the next day and I knew all the lines and no one else did and then I realized that obviously I love this so much more than other people so yeah I pushed forward from there and I was just always wanted to you know I started doing Saturday class at the Theatre Royal there and then when it came to AS you know leaving school I was like I want to do performing arts but I thought "Mm, I need to choose something more sensible so then somehow I managed to do theatre studies performing arts and history and they were like how did you pick these subjects I'm like I don't know (laughs) (laughs) I don't know who let me do this but it was terrible and I was really bad at the written work yeah I I think I had severe learning disabilities and because we moved so much no one ever picked them up and I don't think it was really anything people were looking at 20 years ago so um yeah I only realized that I could maybe have a bit of dyspraxia. didn't learn like other people words on pages didn't make sense to me yeah things weren't too exciting at 17 years old in Norwich so I packed up and I moved to London and got some headshots and started applying to
0: jobs and it kind of went from there that's so cool that's such an amazing little like full round circle yeah (laughs) Yeah. did you pack up your stuff and go to London and just apply for jobs or did you try get into drama colleges as well so
1: my dad was, my, my parents are split up by that point. So I went and lived with my dad. So I had that at least. I had some kind of base there. But I came down and at first I just wanted to be an actor. I was like, I didn't care about this training. My experience of other actors hadn't been great. I always felt like they were really like pushy people and intimidating. And I, I don't know, I just didn't really like the whole drama situation I, I wasn't that kind of person but then you know my dad kind of pushed me who's like oh I'll go do this and go do that and then I heard about drama school and I was like right I want to go there and my parents didn't have that much money I wasn't really supported anymore by the age of 17 18 and um I I started a night job and I started using every penny that I had working actually as a massage therapist in casinos and nightclubs oh, wow Yeah, it was the most random job. I was like, so I think I was applying to promotional work, which is, you know, handing out freebies and flyers for stuff. That was the thing. I think, you know, people still do it a bit now. Yeah, that was back then. Like it was really good money back then. I think it's not as good now, but it was yeah, it was great money, especially like 17, 18, be able to. Um, what you were earning but then I got approached through one of these promotional websites and they said oh well we can train you up to be a massage therapist and you can work in nightclubs and I was like what that sounds dodgy <laughs> but then, but then they had a really cool outfit that they wore it was like this white linen thing and it was like I don't know it was really cute so I wanted to do it uh, so I went along to the training and I thought look I'll just do this training if I don't like it I don't have to do it especially because I thought massaging, uh. but it was just shoulder, neck and head massages, over clothes, in the middle of the room, in front of people. And yeah, I was all of a sudden 18 years old. I was earning really good money. It, it felt like amazing money for me then. And so that kind of funded me to do the drama school auditions because they're not free. You've got to pay for them.
0: <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs>
1: yeah. And when you're, you're, paying them for your you know yourself and you're supporting yourself as well so the first year when I didn't get in which a lot of people don't get in you know that young it does take a few years for some people and um you know I kind of got a bit of a bee in my bonnet because every year I was like spending 500 pounds and you know for auditions and travels and hotels and like tutors and stuff so yeah and I just kept on getting either shortlisted or waiting listed and I never got in Mm-hmm. And that carried on for like 30 auditions. I went, I think I did it for three or four years and I never got in. And I was like, you know what? This is not working <laughs> for me. I'm gonna have to try something different. So I actually got a full-time job. I was a bit fed up with working nights, and I accidentally got a job at the Producers Alliance for Cinema and Television, which was probably one of my greatest connections that I ever got. <laughs> they were like come be a receptionist at this workplace. I was like, okay, what do you do here? And they kind of explained it to me. And I was like, I don't get it. But it's something to do with film and TV. But now I'm like really good friends with John McVeigh, who basically creates the contracts for Equity and Pact, which is huge. Yeah, so it was my first proper job. And I was meeting all like these massive producers, heads of Channel 4 and all that. I was getting all their taxi orders and hotel orders (laughs) wrongs. hopefully none of them remember me yeah so I did that for a few years and I got a taste again for not being a struggling person like I felt so many people kind of so many artists were and I was like you know I didn't really want this to be my life um but at the same time I was kind of getting a bit comfy in a full-time job so I thought if I don't leave now it's no we'll never so around the age of 21 I quit and trained in massage properly I did a full course mm-hmm. and then I, I started doing that again along with promo work again I did it for a few years and that's when I started making my own work I started you know using the earnings I was making to train in stage combat and so I got to quite high level in that because I kind of realized that if you have a special skill you're more likely to get you know one of the bigger auditions because you know it's a bit rarer so I thought I'd do stage combat And from there a group of my friends we started making our own work so one of them came up with a story I just they said turn it into a script I had no idea how but I'd read a lot of scripts from like college and stuff like that so I went online and was literally googling how do you write a script and started learning how to kind of you know format it all and what to write and everything so yeah we created a script we all put our money in and we uh, got a minibus and we drove up to Scotland this Aww. derelict castle on the sea and we camped there I would that's I would never do that in a thousand years like now I would never <laughs> ever do such a ridiculous thing but we did it and we had the best time we made the worst short film ever uh, but I learned so much from it uh-huh. It was an incredible experience and it and uh, working with those people really made me, it gave me that sense of, oh my God, we're not limited. I don't have to wait for someone to give me a job. Mm-hmm. I can create something and I can go make it and it doesn't matter that it's terrible. I've learned something. I've gained your credit. And then from there, I just kind of started this unlimited mindset where I thought, well, I I can just make my own work. Such a lot who's not giving me a job or put me into drama school. Um, So, yeah, I started writing and that that was where it all started, really. Went on to make my own production companies and,
0: yeah, started making my own work. Yeah, no, that's absolutely amazing. And I love hearing that you just took control and you just like, let your creative being be nurtured in a way and like you didn't let anything stop you because it would have been really easy for you to just be like yeah I'm gonna stop now and just continue and get comfortable in the massage world but there was like that drive and fire and like you didn't just ignore it And I think that's really really cool. Thank you yeah it's <laughs> it's, it's you know you've gotta yeah I don't know what it was <laughs> there, there has been
1: some kind of determination that I found with mm-hmm. acting and it's just like almost this thing that I have to do and mm-hmm. I yeah, I don't know, it's a stubbornness thing, maybe. I'm not sure what it is, but there's no way out for me, which has probably been the best thing that's happened. I think actually not getting into drama school at that time was the best thing that happened for me because I became I became very friendly with being rejected. Mm-hmm. It was something that I was like, okay, I'm this is normal. I get rejected and that's it, but I keep on going. Whereas I think that some people, and I've seen that some people who have had a lot of success very quickly they get used to that. So then
0: when the rejection comes in, which it does for everyone, they really struggle with it. That's true. That is true. You kind of build up this resilience when you don't get everything handed to you first time around. I think yeah. that's really important for our industry as well to like know how to handle rejections and know how to live with resilience in a way. Definitely. And I, I think
1: I think I was saying this to someone the other day. We're always told about the the good stories. You know? 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone expects, you know, to be one of the successes. But, you know, the successes are usually only five percent or whatever. What about the rest of us? And that's kind of what I wanted to do when I wrote my book. I wanted to explain Mm. that all these success stories that you hear about is not the norm at all. They're the lucky ones. Mm -hmm. But just no one no one seems to want to talk about their failures enough. And it's not failures. It's just kind of building blocks. It's just,
0: you know, exactly. Yeah, no, we will touch about upon your book and everything later on, but it's so true, this like statistic, because I also realize like a lot of people coming out of drama school now, like a lot of them get disheartened because like they're so trained that if you get out and you don't go on the West End, let's say, or like are in this massive theater or film world already, then they're like, oh, we have failed. We didn't we didn't manage to reach our go- reach our goals. And I'm like, no, it takes time. And there's so much beauty that you learn in between. There
1: is a lot of pressure as well. I can see how when you come out as drama school, everyone seems to be competing against each other. Mm. And so if, you know, and, and it's kind of crazy really because everyone is so individual and so different and it's about timing for you and you as a person. So, you know, there's always going to be that one person that, yeah, goes straight in, gets in the big TV shows, and they're off. And, you know, everyone else is going, but what about us? I must be a failure if they've done so well. Um, So I see it as really difficult, but I also think that too many people give that, oh, I'll do it till I'm 30, then I'll give up. I know so many people who are, like, getting their first successes in their 40s and 50s, and
0: it's worth hanging on for. Yeah, because you've, like earned it then as well in a way like you know you've waited for so long and you were waiting for the right stuff you know
1: exactly and and i think there's too much pressure on trying to become a superstar and measuring that as success i think the success in being an actor is you get to act like mm-hmm. you know you get paid to do that you might it's not always going to be yeah a lead in a film it might be something else but if you get to use what you've learned and do what you enjoy doing like I, you know a big part of my job is voiceovers now. And I'm just so happy because, you know, I get to use what I love doing. It's not exactly what I imagined doing, but I'm still really happy that I get to do
0: that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, As an actress, do you focus more in film or stage productions? Yeah, I've
1: always been more film. I love stage. Stage is amazing. But somewhere along the way, I, I just... I lost a lot of confidence I think it's because I didn't get into drama schools and I know that drama schools you know you get the best training there and I just I don't know I kind of got this really big complex about my voice and which is ironic again doing voiceovers now and I have a really bad memory as well <laughs> uh, so I'm great when I learn the lines but you know when I have to do monologues and stuff it, I do find it quite stressful especially like auditions usually very short you know Mm-hmm. short notice period and I, I did a play I think the last play I did about eight years ago I didn't particularly enjoy it I said yes and then I read the script and I was like oh no I should have read the script before I said yes <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't the best thing ever and um yeah it kind of put me off for a while but I do miss it and I feel like in the next couple of years I'd like to go back with it but yeah film's been very much my focus for the last couple of years film and tv
0: if we go on to because you've got Next to being an actress, you've got all your beautiful three little businesses going on. <laughs> so, Trying. <laughs> yes, I would love to talk a bit about them because they're all so versatile, but then also merge into what you represent. So if we start off with your voiceover agency, tell us a bit about that.
1: So I um, just want to set up my own company because I was working a lot through, through agents and stuff. Mm-hmm. And obviously... I don't mind agents could take their commission when they bring me work, but also you can you don't have to get work through an agent as a voiceover artist. So I kind of wanted to turn that more into a day job. So when I'm not acting, I wanted that to be my main income rather than having to do stuff like massaging or anything else. So, yeah, I had to learn about business, which is not something that I've done a lot. I joined something called the FEA, Female Entrepreneurs Association, and it taught me. It's taught me so much about running a business. Not something that we really talk about um, as actors, but you know, earning money, which is important in business. But we all seem to kind of get a bit freaked out, like, oh, we're not talking about money. Oh, we're creatives, kind of thing. But it's really important because we need to live like nice lives, it and is. we need to pay the bills. And yeah, so I've um, learned so much to that it's been going for about three years and it's in a very nice place there's still more to learn I've recently actually completed training as a meditation teacher so I can create uh, guided visualizations Mm -hmm. which will help actors but also it will help obviously like I said I've got the book as well um it will help actors and tie in the voiceover work and so Yeah, it's nice having that. And then I obviously have the production company as well, Mm -hmm. London Independent Pictures. And that's just been the body that I basically put my work through. And it's, you know, the focus of that company is creating films, usually short films or feature films or TV, usually screen stuff in general, focused on female leads, focused on a diverse cast and stories about British people in London, you know, very much um, honest and showing different points of view, but obviously entertaining as well. So it's just been the place that I can, you know, create my own work and put it out there.
0: Yeah, which is so important. It's great. Um, You know, with voiceovers, do you have any top tips for people wanting to get into it?
1: Yes. So I really recommend there's this website called Gravy for the Brain. So I will, uh, I think me and myself, I'm always just recommending other people I'm like go there, go there, go there. But um, Gravy for the Brain, you will learn everything there is to know. They're really good. I think you pay something like £36 a month and it's an online course and they'll tell you everything because there really is so much to learn when it comes to voiceovers. You know, getting the mic- right microphone, all the technical side as well. That's not easy. Yeah. I think I found it a little bit easier because I edited um, film and stuff before. So that helped me, but I can imagine someone going into it new who has no idea technically would find it a bit challenging, but they're really good. They will tell you everything that you need. But the basics are you need a microphone and I will recommend not getting a USB plug in just because the quality is not going to be there. Uh, Learn to use your equipment and also other voiceover artists at the moment. There's so many people, especially now, especially since lockdown, you need to make sure that the quality of your work is as high as possible. And then, um, you know, start listening to adverts. There's one thing that has changed a lot in the industry. You know, it's not all that. It's kind of like a condescending way of doing, you know, when people think of voiceover artists, they think of and next on the news, (laughs) like it's not, not really like that anymore people want to hear you and a natural reliable voice you know it's got to be very personable so that's the style that's in at the moment but there's so many different kinds of voiceovers but yeah gravy for the brain is a great place to start if you're serious about
0: getting into it that's cool we'll note it down <laughs> yeah. um great and then why don't we move on to your lovely book actorpreneur the book can you tell us a bit of what it is how it came together So last year, um, I heard about an actress that had written a
1: book and I bought a copy and I don't know, I had this really specific idea about what this book was going to be, what was going to be in it. I was like, oh, she's going to tell me about how she tackles auditions, how she, you know, deals with the quiet times. I had a very precise idea of what I wanted this book to do and it didn't have any of that. It was really interesting what she wrote, but it was more um, abstract and creative and more about like kind of, I don't know, it, it was just not what I wanted to do. I wanted a how-to book. This was, you know, very much sharing her life, but in a different kind of way. And then I started looking for, a, a, you know, that book that I wanted. And I found that it wasn't there. Or if it was, it was American. I was like, you know what? The British acting scene has so much of its own je ne sais quoi. and I want to know about someone else who's been through this and I thought well if I want to know about this maybe there's other people that want to as well and you know not that I've reached all the places that I want to in my career but I have been going for 15 years which is more than a lot of other actors have you know unfortunately people have given up and I don't want other people to do that I want people to find what I have found so you know Or even if they've done more and they're, they're, you know, in a good place with their career, but they want a little bit of creative input or advice on how to make their own work or how to do the voiceovers or anything like that. I just want to share. I just want to be honest and share everything that I know. And that's kind of what this book is. It's everything that I learned in 15 years of acting. Have you ever written anything beforehand or how did you go about doing that? So I've been writing scripts, obviously, since... um, since I was 21, really, when I started making our own work. So I've probably done like six or seven feature films, five or six short films and loads of little TV series and concepts like that. But I'd never written anything like a how-to guide. So it was quite daunting because obviously I was like, who am I to be doing this? What right have I got to write a book? Um, But at the same time, I absolutely knew that the information that I had was really valuable to people. So I, I just started with the basics. I started listening. First of all, there's a lot of information about how to write a book and mm-hmm. get a book out there. So I started doing my research. I, lis- I listened to audiobooks because I'm not very good at reading myself. Uh, so I listened to a lot of audiobooks um, on how to write a book and you know the format so I started off with the chapters and for me they were very very clear for me it was starting with your reason for acting then you go on to whether you want to do training what kind of training you know Mm -hmm. start that way getting your first credits doing things like all the basics that you need so like joining spotlight Mm -hmm. having your headshots done uh, joining casting websites doing extra work because I think that If you've never been on a film set before, you should do a day on extra work. But once you've done that, don't do it again. (laughs) It will destroy your soul. Um, But yeah, as an actor, I think you need to have some kind of experience and see how the big film sets work to know if that's what you're going to want to do. So I talk about all those things and then I take it through to obviously auditions, casting, directors, and go on to making your own work, how to cope with the quiet times, and just generally enjoying your life as an actor, not putting pressure on yourself and all that. So, yeah, it was really easy, I felt, and an obvious outline. And then it was just a case of doing some subheadings and then filling in the gaps. Mm -hmm. So that's what I did. And surprisingly, well, lockdown really helped. (laughs) I think I got it done a lot quicker than I would have done it otherwise. But, yeah, I started in January 2020 and I was done by September 2020. That is so quick, as in like everything was published in September. We released it so my, my my finished manuscript was done by September mm-hmm. and then it was published in November because then it has to go to the editors and all that and so yeah I had to do all my stuff by September and then mm-hmm. two months to turn it around and get it get it all printed. <laughs>
0: That's so exciting. How does it work with um because as you said like going to the editors and everything do you have to have like a book agent or like a publisher does that is that a new section as well? So um, there's two
1: ways of doing it these days. You can either get a literary agent. So if you want to have your book published by a big publisher, to get your book, you need to finish your book. Then you need to get a, a literary agent because publishers won't see you without a literary agent. So you've got to get an agent first and then you've got to wait for them to get a deal. And then you've kind of got to wait a time slot till they're ready. And then they have their editors and blah, blah, blah. And sometimes you don't have to finish the book first. You could, you know, just go to them with a concept and, you know, some chapters and stuff like that. Um, All the way that I did it, which is self-publishing, which is quick and you're in control. And which is the way I like things, really. So that's what I did. I did a, a course on... There's a guy called Rob Moore, who's another business guru, and he uh, has written several books, like best-selling books and all that. So he did a course. So I did that little course and that really helped me. And he recommended this place called, oh, I'm going to say the wrong (laughs) name, Book Publishing UK. So I don't want to recommend the wrong company. Book (laughs) Publishing UK. And they were really great. They basically had a package for me where they were going to have someone who would design the cover for me and they would, you know, keep on going with the design until we we're happy. They'd have someone to edit it, do the other, the second read-through. And yeah, yeah, so they it, it made my job a lot easier because I didn't have to... What you know, find freelancers and manage that myself. I just kind of had someone, and she was on me, she gave me my deadlines and all that. So, yeah, it was self published, it went up on Amazon, and since then, Waterstones has taken it on, which is cool. Mm -hmm. And I'm really meant to be recording the audiobook, which, funnily enough, I'm putting off. (laughs) it's a long time (laughs) I have recorded an audio bit before but mine's much longer so yeah that's my next project in regards to that but yeah it's um it's it's much easier to write a book than make a film that's all I'll say (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine (laughs) yeah so much easier
0: it's less people to worry about (laughs) No, that's wonderful. That's really cool. Um, also that you explained that there's two ways and everything to get things published because I had no idea and that sounds really, really interesting.
1: And the nice thing about it as well, the other way, I think you you make 5%, I think, with the publisher. You know, they obviously um, advertise it more. do all that but then you you kind of have no rights to the book you can't you know give the chapter away as freebies like I do sometimes or you know you can't really use any of the work it's no longer your work they bought it off you whereas with self-publishing you know 70% of the takings goes to you it's you know everything's in your control so yeah I'd recommend it to anyone that was thinking of doing something similar
0: yeah no I absolutely loved as well throughout our whole conversation today that you brought in the importance of being a business person as well as in like that business is such a big part of being a creative actor and stuff because there's so much that we need to actually control and we always say like yeah you're your own business but like you need to actually sit down and also think about that in the logical way that we are our own business I thought that was so interesting today that you brought that up yeah I I think it's you know It's very easy to get caught up in your
1: emotions. And again, as actors, what makes us so wonderful at performing is we are quite emotional people. So it is very using a very different side of you. But, you know, there are ways, there's so many ways to access that stuff and learn these days that Mm -hmm. I think think anyone can do it.
0: Yeah. Do you have any top tips of juggling all these different businesses, essentially, yourself? Is it just a case of time management or...? (laughs) Yeah, it's, uh,
1: I do have to be a lot more organised. I think I have been known to wake up on the day and go like, what do I feel like doing today? But I can't really do that anymore. (laughs) I have a few (laughs) few more commitments now. Um, But I've just become a lot more organised. So I have this planner, it's one of these, it's called something like a professional fox planner or something like that it's just a book but what I do is every Sunday I will write down my goals of the week so I want to achieve this this, and this and not just in my working life but in my personal life exercise goals and all that stuff and then each day just try and work through that list and so hopefully by the end of the week you've achieved something Mm. but yeah it 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 can be difficult especially if all of a sudden I forget I still have an agent and she'll call me and be like you've got to do this just script for tomorrow like oh I've got to drop everything um but yeah I have to you know make sure I'm prioritizing things that need to be done and things that can be done later or you know because not everything that I want to do right now is a priority I have to make sure that I'm you know when I have clients and they're waiting for their voiceovers I'll be like oh well I can't be playing around writing this script today I've got to look after my
0: clients yeah yeah No, that's great. That sounds absolutely lovely. So we're getting towards the end of the interview today and there's always a few standard questions which come into Artist Avenue and I'm just going to fire them at you because I really, really love them. (laughs) Amazing. (laughs) So the first one is, in your opinion, what unites us as creatives? I think we have big hearts and we want to put something out into the world to make it better. Yeah, that's such a beautiful answer. I haven't heard that yet. <laughs> it was cute.
1: I don't know where it came from. I'm not sure it's mine, but.
0: <laughs> it is, put a painting on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that one. <laughs> um, the next one is, what's the biggest thing that you have learned on your journey? That who I am today is not who I'm going to be tomorrow.
1: Ooh. You know? Yeah, so you're growing every day. Don't worry like about where that. you are now. Yeah, things change when you look back, but you don't, you don't see them day by day or week by week.
0: And then, what makes you unique as a creative? Uh, my uniqueness
1: is who I am, um, me and where I've come from, my family, my heritage, uh, my experiences. Just as a fun question, does your heritage influence your work, do you think? Um, it hasn't mm-hmm. previously, but I think it's going to going forward. I think, you know, I because I'm half English and half Mauritian. And my dad moved here at the age of 13. And he just wanted to be a British boy, he didn't want to get bullied for being Mauritian. So he kind of didn't share that with us. Whereas the last few years, I've started learning Creole, I'm learning more about Mauritius all the time. And I'd really like to, you know, do some stories going forwards and use that and you know i think also casting's getting more interesting now so i think you know you never know maybe i'll actually play a mauritian character at some point
0: <laughs> maybe put it out in the universe <laughs> please <laughs> brilliant um is there anything else that you would like to tell the listeners today any advice or comments i think you should
1: oh that's a hard one this is a hard one yes just keep going <laughs> <laughs> that took a lot then no um you're not going to win everything i think that's the thing think about where you really want to go i think you've got to be really clear on what you want out of life and you might have to do some visualizations and some work on yourself to figure out what you actually want out of life and what will make you happy but you need to figure that out before you go in a certain direction because otherwise you don't, you know you're just walking blindly saying i want to be an actor but you know find specifically do you want to do film theater what do you want to say what roles do you want to play what stories do you want to tell um how do you want to live your life find out all that stuff and your brain is a magnificent thing and it will it will help you find the way so
0: yeah be really clear on what you want beautiful that was some great last words for today got there in the end thank you that's very valuable thank you so much for coming on it was such a joy speaking to you today and listening to your journey and story oh you too thank you so much lovely to talk to you again (laughs) i hope you've enjoyed this episode artist avenue will be back next tuesday with another exciting interview make sure to follow us on social media and keep up to date with all the artists and their wonderful projects your support for this podcast honestly means the world to me For now, keep smiling, keep listening, and I'll see you all next week.